Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, and uh, before we meet today's guest, uh, like always, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors. Uh, you've heard me say many times, the only sponsors we have are companies that I used as an athletic director. So I have no problem recommending them to you. So don't hit that fast forward button. Stay with us for the next three minutes as we give these sponsors a shout out. And then go ahead and visit these sponsors and sign up because they'll really help you do your job as an AD. Here we go. We want to thank Gipper, the official social media graphic solution of the podcast, for their support. Go to Gipper.com. Their team is going to help you to create world-class marketing content for your school's social media channel. It's going to help you celebrate your athletes and promote your teams. Gipper's used and trusted by over 3,000 high school and college athletic programs across the country. It's professional graphic design made simple. Go to Gipper.com. Check out all the great things they can do for you. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to HometownTicketing.com. It's digital ticketing that offers more. More support, more security, more customization. HometownTicketing.com. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive, indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and you can schedule a live web demo to see their score tables and their scoreboards in action. Raise money for your athletic department, uh, celebrate your teams. You'll find it all at sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a Huddle school, and our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that let them coach our kids at their highest level. Go to Huddle.com, join the 8 million users, and turn your school into a Huddle school. We also want to thank SnapRaise. Uh, go to SnapRaise.com. It's hands down the best online fundraiser out there. We used it at our school with tremendous success. Our coaches loved it. Our parents loved it. It works. You can also check out their other platforms like Snap Sponsor, Snap Store, FanX. You'll find it all at snapraise.com. We want to say thanks to our friends at Home Campus, the official and exclusive high school and state association management platform. Uh, it's something that, as an athletic director, I used every single day for scheduling, for uh, athletic uh, eligibility, uh, student-athlete clearance, uh, uploading digital form signatures, you name it, Home Campus does it. The Home Campus team is easy to work with, too, and you'll find them at homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. We want to thank our good friends at Vital Signs Wall of Fame. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school record boards for all the sports, for all the events, uh, maybe your school's Hall of Fame, or simply celebrate your community, your school, and your top role models, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their interactive touchscreen, that's right, touchscreen video consoles. It's a great way to tell your school's remarkable story. Talk to the team at vitalsignswalloffame.com. Mention the podcast, you'll get a nice discount. And we want to thank Athletic Surveys uh, by Lifetrack. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. ADs already hear back from the complainers. Well, 
Athletic surveys will connect you to that group, but they'll also connect you to the 98% of your parents and student athletes that support and love your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a principal, uh, a frustrated parent, or maybe even your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're staying right here in Florida today, and we're going to be visiting with a new friend. Uh, our guest today is Christy Belden. Christy is the assistant athletic director at Bishop Moore High School. That's in uh, right here in Orlando, Florida, just down the road from me. Christy and I connected recently. Uh, she was at the national conference. We're going to pick her brain for some of her uh, experiences there. But uh, Christy, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Hi, Jake. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate uh, this and all the work that, that you've done. So well, looking forward to a great conversation. Well, uh, again, it, it was cool to connect with you because, as you know, and we talked about this, I've been at your school a couple of times, you know, for track meets as an official and other events. So uh, it, it's always great to spend some time with a friend. So let's go and jump right into it. Uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to high school and college? You know, maybe stop there at college. We'll take a break and then hear more about your career. But what's the Christy Belden uh, origin story? All right. Um, so basically, um, I grew up in upstate New York in Buffalo, um, was a three sport athlete in high school. Um, and honestly, I kind of stumbled onto uh, kind of the rest of my career by mistake. Um, I had been playing field hockey and lacrosse, and, you know, a few different sports, never really, you know, enjoyed, of course, but never really kind of found my niche. Um, and then was playing flag football my junior year of high school and um, scored a few touchdowns, was blown by the track girls. So our athletic director at the time um, and track coach said, come here, you're going to run indoor track. Um, and I am literally like the adage of once she figured out she could run, it changed her life. And that that is me. Um, so I was fortunate enough um, to be a full scholarship student athlete at St. John's University of New York, um, Red Storm, um, where I ran track, indoor and outdoor, um, graduated in, in three years, knew I wanted to work in athletics and in some realm, but didn't necessarily know what, um, kind of did some exploration and such, um, went on to Florida state and got my master's in sports psychology, worked with, uh, their athletic academic support, uh, program for my master's, and then went on to work in college athletics for about 15 years, um, before transitioning over to the high school level. Um, and then that is a whole other story. So been involved in athletics, you know, my entire career. Well, I, I'm excited to hear about that journey in our next segment, but I want to go back to those high school days. Um, was your school, and you, you mentioned you did a bunch of different sports. Were you a big school, small school, small town? You know, what was it like up there in uh, in cold Buffalo? <laughs> yeah, we're in suburbs, Lancaster, New York. Um, it's a suburb of of Buffalo, um, in Western New York. And yeah, no, we were a large, we were a large um, school, competitive. You know, went to states, um, for you know quite a few of our our sports. You know, for field hockey, we were always at states. Um, lacrosse, obviously, same thing. You know, we always went to districts and regionals and such. Um, and then I was fortunate, obviously, to run in you know state championships for track and field. Now, you mentioned your flag football experience. You know, uh, that's a sport that's um, in Florida. You know, it, there's some pockets like up in the panhandle. It's huge. Um, but uh, it's fairly new, I think, as a state sanctioned sport. Um, you know, 
And uh, again, I'm a lot older than you, but you know, when you were in high school, they had flag football. So has that been going on for a long time in New York? Yeah, well, no, I mean, really, it was, we did it through Powder Puff um, back then. I mean, so that was, and it was just kind of a once a year, you know, homecoming um, thing. But since then, obviously, they've added it along the way. And interestingly, you know, when I played lacrosse in high school, that was the first year. I mean, we were a startup program with high school lacrosse, which is interesting because obviously, you know, when you look at, at, at the location and the geographic area, I mean, lacrosse is huge up Northeast Canada. I mean, in its origins. So the fact that, you know, in the late nineties, um, we were a first year program was interesting to see, you know, kind of be a part of that transition. Yeah. I've been in Florida since, uh, 2000 and, uh, started out in South Florida for a number of years. Uh, and uh, lacrosse, I think, I could be wrong, somebody will correct me on this, but I think lacrosse kind of got going in South Florida first, and then it spread to other areas. But uh, it has, it's really grown, and, and the girls' sport has really taken off, too. So that's good to Absolutely. hear. Absolutely. Uh, let's jump uh, forward to your college experience. You know, uh, you know, a scholarship track athlete, I'm going to guess, you know, you were the sprints as a yeah. – uh, former hurdler and part-time decathlete. Uh, did your coach ever try to steer you into the, into the multi-events? No, no, I was, I was literally speed, get it. That was it. Um, I mean, I think I a little bit toyed around with, I was like, what, what do I think about long jump or what do I think about this? And then I was like, nope, I don't want sand all over me. Um, tried, you know, let him see if I can do some shot put. No. And, and pole vault was never going to happen. So I was strictly, strictly sprint focused all right well as a longtime track coach too you know we always looked at those sprinters and said eh, let's can you long jump can you high jump that sort of thing yeah. and i'm way too short to hurdle so that was never <laughs> going to happen hey the, those the women's hurdles they're they're height adjusted so uh um you mentioned that you knew you wanted to be involved in athletics uh you know i always joke that uh, injuries and a lack of talent kept me out of the NFL. Uh, but I was the same way. You know, I had great coaches, great role models. And I, I just thought to myself, boy, that's pretty cool to get paid to do this. Can you think back to a moment, uh, maybe in high school, maybe it was in college, that at the time, it didn't seem that significant. But now looking back as a coach, as a teacher, as an athletic administrator, you can look back to that moment and say, hey, that was an important time. Anything come to mind? Yeah, no, I think it's just what I just spoke about. I mean, honestly, the fact that, you know, I was, you know, discovered, so to speak, you know, by our athletic director, um, who in the moment, you know, thought to say, hey, come here, we're going to have you try a different sport. And I mean, had immediate success. But the fact that, you know, because I think nowadays, especially, you know, and then I'm a, a parent of a youth student athlete as well, um, you know, sports are so specialized and, and so many people want to, you know, identify what their, their, their sport is when they're four years old. Um, and there's not a lot of, of thinking out that, or multi, you know, multi-sport athletes and things along those lines. So, but the fact, like I said, that our athletic director, you know, kind of took me under his wing and said, here, come here, let's, let's do this. I'm going to introduce you to these coaches. I mean, that was impactful and that they saw, you know, something greater in me that I didn't even know, you know, was there. So I think that, you know, for sure stuck with me. Oh, I, I love those stories. Uh, all right. We try to avoid ambush journalism, but uh, here comes a question. You know, you were a multi-sport athlete growing up. You certainly know the benefits of that. 
you mentioned, you know, you're the parent of a, a burgeoning uh, athlete. Uh, what's your plan? What are you and your husband doing? Is it going to be, hey, we're going to focus on, I'm just going to pull something out of the air, gymnastics, uh, or are you going to encourage them to do multi-sports? Well, the interesting thing is uh, my husband was also a full scholarship. He was a swimmer um, and we met at, at St. John's, both, you know, full scholarship student athletes there. Um, but I actually ran and he was a swimmer. Um, our daughter is doing both. So I think she has taken it upon herself that she's not just going to swim or just going to run, but she's going to one-up us and do both. Um, so she's actually, like I said, is, is a, a very good runner um, and a tremendous swimmer All thus right. far. We'll see if she, you know, once she gets, she's in uh, eighth grade now, but so far she's been, been doing the two sports pretty successfully. Uh, well, hey, maybe I'll get to see her compete uh, this spring at one of your track meets, Okay. okay. For our listeners, uh, our guest today is Christy Belden. She's the Assistant Athletic Director at Bishop Moore, which is uh, in Orlando, Florida. We're going to take our first break, but we're coming back with some more, so please stay with us. This is the Educational 80 Podcast. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Gipper. They're the official social media graphics solution for the podcast. And if you go to Gipper.com, their team is going to show you how to create world-class marketing content for your school's social media channel. It's going to help you celebrate your teams and promote your athletes. Gipper's used and trusted by over 3,000 high school and college athletic programs across the country. It's professional graphic design made simple. How simple? So easy, even I can do it. Go to gipper.com. Mention the podcast, you'll get a nice discount. That's gipper.com. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. Their team will um, show you how to set up and sell tickets online for all your events, not just athletics, but things like school plays, concerts, school dances, even graduation. And here's the best part. Every school is assigned a dedicated client success manager that's going to provide you hands-on support every step of the way. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. It's digital ticketing that offers more. Welcome back, everybody, to the Educational 80 podcast. Our guest is Christy Belden. She's the Associate Athletic Director at Bishop Moore right here in Florida. Uh, Christy, you kind of took us up through your college days. Uh, I know you had uh, quite a path that brought you to uh, Bishop Moore. Um, we get a lot of young ADs that listen and some old ones like me. And I think it's important for them to hear about the journey that many of us take. So uh, can you share your journey from, you know, uh, post-college to Bishop Moore? Sure. Um, you know, like I said, you know, I, I kind of always had that instinct that I wanted to work in athletics, but wasn't really sure kind of in what role, um, you know, so in college, you know, I kind of jumped from, oh, I'm going to be an athletic trainer or I'm going to try, you know, administration, I'm going to try all these different things. And then psychology was really, you know, just, just drawn to me. Um, and then sports psychology, I thought this is really cool. So again, I went in, I thought, oh, I'm going to get my master's. I'm going to do all. And I originally thought, you know, in grad school that I was going to, you know, basically be a, a, a you know, sports psychologist and have private practice and clients and things along those lines. Um, but having been a full scholarship student athlete, I came into Florida state thinking, 
you know, I never paid for college. I'm not paying for a master's degree. So I started reaching out to everybody in athletics at Florida State and said, hey, is there a graduate assistantship available? Um, and I was, you know, fortunate enough to be offered, you know, a, a, a graduate, graduate assistantship within athletic academic support. So I started working, obviously, you know, football our players, uh, basketball players, men's, women's tennis at Florida State. And absolutely loved the connection. And just, you know, because to be able to A, speak from my own experiences, because I had just finished up being a student athlete and mentoring these young people and helping them, you know, be successful and seeing what goes into all of that, that the sports psychology, you know, private practice piece kind of got put on the back burner, but yet many of the skills, many of, you know, the day-to-day -day things were put into, you know, into regular use. Um, so when I graduated with my master's, I thought really, I want to work, you know, I want to continue to work in athletic academic support. So um, I, my husband and I relocated um, down to Orlando and um, he's been working in, in athletics his entire career as well from parks and recreation. And he's uh, did a sports management degree and, and all that. And then, like I said, I started working in college athletics. So, you know, the first few years of my career, I kind of worked up the, the chain from, you know, athletic academic director for football, men's, women's golf, and a few different men's, women's tennis, a few different teams along the way. Um, but I was with football, you know, the entire time, worked my way up to associate director uh, of our, our support unit. And then the last five-ish years of my career, I transitioned over um, with the UCF football program where I was director of player development. So I basically did everything, you know, for our players off the field. So everything from, you know, leadership development, community service, outward, you know, outreach, networking, um, God forbid if they ever got in trouble and, you know, the student conduct process and such, you know, academics, you know, team mom um, and showing my age a little bit, but back then I was one of only a handful of females, um, working in, in that role in college football. You know, my office was, you know, in the coach's hallway and I was on the sideline, you know, for all the games and really, you know, helped these young men develop and, and, and grow into, you know, tremendous, you know, men and fathers and, and citizens and professionals. So very, very rewarding. Um, and then, you know, as with all things, life kind of changes, um, you know, had, had a young child at the time, you know, coach O'Leary was retiring and I was kind of done. I was kind of, you know, the 24 seven grind of college athletics. I was just kind of like, you know what, this is, this is enough. I just felt like it was time. I didn't want to go through a coaching change didn't want to go through all that. Um, and I left athletics completely. Um, so I came to Bishop Moore. Um, working as Dean of Students. And I did that for about five years. Um, and then, you know, even though I was not athletics per se, um, I was always drawn to those kids. I was always drawn to the athletes and trying to have, you know, conversations and such. But yet, as as many educators know, the Dean does not always um, have the best uh, representation. <laughs> you know, the, the best of the highest opinion from the students. So it was difficult to, you know, kind of get in and understand that I was coming from a good place because they always thought, hey, she's going to get me in trouble. Right. Um, you know, so that was a little bit of a balance. But, you know, I kind of had the itch and, you know, we had went through an administration change here and, you know, our athletic director was stepping out of that role and some changes. And ultimately, our administrators, you know, realized or remembered what my past was. And I was presented with an opportunity to basically develop a, a student athlete support program um, at the high school level, you know, basically 
similar to what we had, you know, done collegiately. So the last, you know, three years has been, you know, an, an evolution um, and ultimately, you know, serving in an associate AD role and really working with our student athletes and our parents on everything from, you know, the academic support, those that need a little bit more support, um, challenging, you know, those that are extremely gifted, you know, on and off the field that have the opportunity to play in college, working with them through the recruiting process. Um, with our college and careers, leadership development, um, and again, same thing. So all of the off the field things for our, our, our student athletes and their parents, and hopefully, you know, preparing them for their days beyond Bishopmore. Yeah, again, you you brought up a great point about you know uh, working at the college level, which I I did. I was a co college coach and instructor for for eight years, uh, and it's tremendously rewarding. But uh, again, from that coaching standpoint, uh, you know, I was teaching, I was coaching, and there's also that recruiting. So it, it just never stops. And that's kind of how we got back into uh, um, athletic administration and coaching at the high school level. So it, it, it sounds glamorous and it's tremendously rewarding, but just like with anything else, you know, th there is that cost. And you brought up a great point about the dean at one of the schools I was at. Uh, I was the AD and the head football coach. And then long story short, I was approached to become our dean of students. Um, and I did it for two years and I just loved it. But uh, I found out that, well, let me rephrase that. I really, really liked it. Uh, and then another school approached me uh, about becoming their AD. And I realized I really liked being a dean, but I loved being an athletic director. But uh, the point I was going to make is that it is different. The kids look at you differently when you're the dean, uh, even though yes. you're only seeing about 10% of those kids compared to correct, everybody correct, else. Correct. Boy, we I really went in the weeds on that. Um, we're going to go and take a break. And uh, when we come back, uh, I want you to share some of the things that you're doing at Bishop Moore. Uh, for our listeners, once again, our guest is Christy Belden. She is the Associate Athletic Director at Bishop Moore School right here in Orlando, Florida. So let's take that break. But like I said, we're coming back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Tables and Scoreboards for their support of the podcast. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and uh, schedule a live web demo to see their score tables and their scoreboards in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made was our Sideline Interactive indoor score table. We use it for home games, of course, but uh, we also use it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. It's tremendously versatile, and their customer service is just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Schedule that live web demo today. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that let them coach our kids up to their highest level. Go to huddle.com, join the 8 million users, and turn your school into a Huddle school. We also want to say thanks to SnapRaise. Go to snapraise.com. It's hands down the best online fundraiser out there. We used it at our school with tremendous success. Our coaches loved it. Our parents loved it. Uh, our chief financial officer loved it too. It works. Go to SnapRaise. You can also check out their other platforms like SnapManage, SnapStore, FanX. But SnapRaise, like I said, the best fundraiser out there. Go to snapraise.com and get started. 
Welcome back, everybody, to the Educational AD Podcast. Christy, one of the things we try to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. And you mentioned that, you know, you spend a lot of time with, you know, student athlete uh, development and leadership at the college level, and you've actually implemented some of those practices at your high school, which can be tricky. So can you share with our listeners, uh, which include, you know, new ADs and veteran ADs, some of the things that you've done and, and how you made them work, because it is kind of tricky sometimes implementing those in a high school setting. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, I'm probably most proud that we have probably two separate um, leadership development programs for our student athletes, in addition to, you know, a lot of the other things that are done on campus and such. But specifically for our student athletes, um, myself, as well as our um, director of, of campus ministry, um, he was a former college basketball player. So the two, you know, the two of us have teamed together. And we've created a captain's council. So what that is, is we've basically asked our, our, our coaches um, to identify, you know, two to three leaders. So they don't necessarily have to be team captains and they don't necessarily have to be, you know, the seniors on the team. Um, but, you know, two to three per team. So that way we have representation. Um, and what we do is we bring that group together, you know, for breakfast, we try to do it, you know, once a month and before school, because the, the only way you can get them there is if you feed them. Um, so we, you know, bring them in early before school and, and have breakfast with them. But we, you know, we talk about leaders, we talk about, you know, the challenges of leadership, we talk about, you know, some of the things, you know, whether it's going on, on our campus, within their team, um, within society, you know, and things like that, and try to give different leadership messages to them, you know, and we're also very, very intentional about the speakers that that we bring in, um, and how we can, um, you know, for example, our first speaker was our girls volleyball coach. So I think most people tend to think, oh, I'm going to bring a football coach or I'm going to not to knock our football coach because he is amazing as well. But for us, it was important that we wanted our first speaker to be one of our strong female coaches and talk about her journey as a student athlete and how she learned to lead. Um, and then our second speaker was our football coach. And he spoke about, you know, the challenges and, and you know, the core competencies of leadership. Um, and it's really seen, you know, this group of kids, because it was interesting when we sent the name out to coaches, quickly, some coaches responded and said, Hey, wait a second. I didn't give you Susie's name. Yes, you're right. Susie may not be a leader on the blank team, but guess what? She is a leader on, you know, X team. So it was interesting for them to see, you know, and, and you can see within the kids that within the different sports and the things along those lines where their leadership is developing. And really, you know, these are some of our, our, our great kids and hopefully seeing that, you know, whether they're having a good season, a bad season, challenges, things along those lines, they can rely on each other and that that's a, a core group that, that they respect. Um, and it's also been great too, to see that's a mix of, basically sophomores, juniors, and seniors. Um, and really, you know, they have that mutual respect with each other. So that's, but that's been great and a lot of fun this year. The other thing um, is our Athletic Honor Society, which super, super proud of. Um, these are on our campus, our highest achieving student athletes. Um, so these are kids that are required to have a minimum of a 3.5 unweighted GPA. And um, they've got to be juniors and seniors, and they have to have a minimum of two years of varsity experience. 
So they can basically apply for that either at their junior year or senior year, depending on when they've earned their varsity, you know, experience. Um, and basically this group, we've got, you know, specific things that, that we've built into it, service requirements. We partner with Miracle League of Central Florida, which is a special needs uh, baseball league. Um, they have a Hornet supporting Hornets program where they go out and they go to designated sporting events for each of the different teams. So especially some of our, our teams, you know, for example, girls weightlifting, um, you know, some of our teams that may not get a lot of, of fan support um, that, hey, you're going to go to this game. Or, you know, when our girls volleyball, you know, made it to states, we wanted kids there. So that was a designated sporting event to try to get as many kids there to, to fill the, the stands. Um, and really, you know, this is the group that I lean on, you know, when we have our our Hornet scramble golf tournament, or when we have, you know, a leadership where we need volunteers. These are the kids that we go to because these are our best and our brightest kids that represent our school so well in everything they do. And just really, you know, empowering them um, and hoping that it's a positive experience. But additionally, what was cool for us is they get a court, they get a special, we get a, it's, obviously athletically related, but the honor corps that they wear at graduation for being a part of this group, um, you know, obviously the Olympics and medals and such, but our cord is gold, silver, and bronze metallic twist. So we have, in my opinion, I'm biased, of course, but we have the best looking cord of all the honor societies and our kids really aspire to earn that cord. Well, um, I was, uh, you know, just getting kind of goosebumps as you were sharing, because very similar to uh, the captain's council that we created at one of the schools where I was the AD. And you bring up a great point. Uh, number one, you know, you, you have to uh, be invested as the advisor, the leader, et cetera. You got to have activities. You know, you want the kids to do stuff on their own, but you got to have to be there sometimes maybe to nudge them or at least mention, hey, have you ever thought about doing this uh, and uh, attending uh, all of those games supporting uh, all of the sports, because hopefully you've got representation from all of those different uh, groups there. Christy, we're going to do this at the end of the podcast, but if one of our listeners wanted to reach out, find out more about how you do things at Bishop Moore, or just add you to their network, what's the best way they can do that? Yeah, probably the, the easiest um, is just to shoot me an email. Um, that's that's probably the quickest and easiest, um, but it's just K at bishopmore.org. So B-E-L-D-E-N-K at bishopmore.org. And that's okay. probably the easiest and quickest way to get a response. And uh, we're going to do that again at the end of the podcast. Okay, but, perfect. Uh, um, once again, for our listeners, Christy Belden from Bishop Moore in Orlando is our guest. We're going to take another break. I know that's shocking to our regular listeners, but uh, we are going to come back with some more best practices. So please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Home Campus for their support of the Educational AD Podcast. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association management platform for us. It's also your one stop for things like scheduling. Uh, athletic eligibility, uh, clearing students, uh, the digital forms, the electronic signatures, working with parents, working with coaches, just about everything you do as an AD, Home Campus is going to help you do that better. When I was an AD, I used Home Campus every single day, and it was just fantastic, and their staff is great to work with, too. To get started, all you have to do is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. We also want to thank Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Go to their website, vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their interactive 
touchscreen, that's right, touchscreen video consoles. It's a great way to show off your school record board for all the teams, for all the sports, maybe your school's Hall of Fame, or simply share your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. Like I said, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Mention the podcast, you'll get a nice discount. vitalsignswalloffame.com. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, one more time. Our guest today is Christy Belden. She's the Associate Athletic Director at Bishop Moore, which is right here in Florida in Orlando. Christy, uh, you already shared, you spent a lot of years at the college level, and part of your job at Bishop Moore is helping students and families in the college recruiting process. Can you share some things that you do that you think other schools should probably do if they're not already doing it to kind of help their students with the whole college process. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've been fortunate, obviously said having worked it, you know, collegiately um, and then still being, you know, pretty well connected um, with what the college athletics landscape um, and education and then kind of how it's evolving. Um, but what I would say is it's so, so important, especially in this current day and age um, for student athletes and parents to understand that the game has changed. Recruiting is not what it was 24 months ago, let alone, you know, five, 10 years ago. And I think our current high school student athletes are, are not realizing that impact and the parents as well. Um, so I spend a lot of my time talking to the kids about the recruiting, talking to the kids about opportunities, talking even more so about being more strategic when they're they're looking for schools. If they think that they want to play at the next level, what does that look like? But then also understanding at what level is it appropriate? Maybe five years ago, they probably could have had, you know, three to five offers, you know, that are that are D1. Nowadays with the transfer portal and COVID years and, and everything else, High school kids are sadly being squeezed right out of the market. And that's across all sports. That's not exclusive to just football and basketball. So what we're seeing is many kids that thought, well, wait a second, my cousin, my sister, my former teammate, my club teammate, you know, they, they were D1, no problem. Yes, I understand that. But the reality of it is now you may be looking at D2 or D3 or potentially even, you know, junior college if that's what you truly want to play. So now more than ever, it's talking to the kids the importance and stressing the academics that they need to have their academics in order. Um, not only can having a low GPA and test score prohibit any potential offers, but in many cases, being a strong student, that's what's going to get their foot in the door. That's what's going to get them potentially academic money to then go to a coach and say, Hey, I've already been admitted to XYZ university. I already have a 25%, you know, academic scholarship. Is there an opportunity for, for me to play at your school? So now more than ever, it's our parents and our kids being proactive, reaching out to coaches and understanding that they can't just sit back and wait for offers to come because it's not that's not happening these days. And they need to really do their research um, and be strategic and understand if being a college athlete, if being a five percenter is 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 what they truly want to do because it's gotten it's gotten harder than ever to get in. You know, um, you brought up such a great point. There's so much more academic money out there for students than athletic money. Um, I, I know we already went off into the weeds once, but uh, I'm going to try it again. 
you know, you spent time at, I guess it's two questions. Number one, uh, and they're both around NIL. Uh, you spent some time at the college area. And uh, while you were there, NIL was not a thing. But, uh, you know, you've got that perspective as a college coach administrator. Do you think the present um, version of NIL is sustainable? It's an opinion. I know you're not an expert. And uh, we've seen a lot of states. I think we're up to maybe 27 or 28 states where the state associations have come up with a stated NIL policy uh, rather than just ignore it. So first question, do you think the current NIL is going to continue at the college level? And then number two, you know, what do you think about high school associations and NIL? Yeah. And again, these are my personal opinions. I'm not representing anyone or anything. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think everyone agrees that the current NIL landscape is not sustainable, nor is it appropriate or healthy. Um, so there, there is going to have to be some changes. Now, do I think there's going to be dramatic enough changes in the next three to five years um, that it's going to impact, you know, current high school kids? No, I, do, I don't, not collegiately. Um, I just, I think there's, I, I think it's, there's, the worms have been let out of the can uh, way, way, way too far. And I don't know that we're ever putting them back in. Um, but I do think, you know, there, there needs to be some adjustment. There needs to be some things and it's specifically tied in with the transfer portal, because I think the current state of, of NIL is, is directly impacting the multiple year transfers, the ability to, you know, bounce from school to school with basically no consequences. So it's, it's for lack of a better term, it's, it's unrestricted free agency with no salary cap. Um, and the haves are just saying, well, if school's offering you pretend terms, of course, $500, we're going to give you $600. And if it's not $600, we're going to give you $650. And it's just going to go from there. Obviously, for some sports, it's at a few zeros on the end. Um, but it, it, it's not sustainable. And sadly, our high school kids are seeing, you know, the one, two, three percenters of NIL deals in the media and that's not the reality. The you know the average NIL deal for most student athletes is five hundred dollars or less. And and I don't know about you, but that's not life changing money for me. So they need to keep perspective as while I can appreciate that they can use their name and their image and their likeness to build their resume and do those things. That should be the goal. They should be using these opportunities to prepare them for their life beyond X Y Z University. And, and how can they build a resume and, and, and be strong and successful in whatever career path they're going to choose? Again, my opinion. Um, high schools, terrifying that it, to me, it's terrifying that again, because we're already seeing it within the state of Florida as well um, on a um, unregulated mock, you know, level because I think we're seeing college kids transfer from school to school to school. We're seeing an influx of high school kids now transferring school to school to school. And when you throw NIL potentially in it, it it's just making it complicated. And I think we're diminishing the the teamwork, the value of working together as a team, the values of, you know, sustaining and, and working through adversity um, and that the grass is not always greener. So it, it it's kind of a mess right now in my personal opinion. And again, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and you mentioned unrestricted free agency. We already have that in Florida at the high school level. You know, kids can go to any high school they want to, they can go to, 
you know, they can play football at school A in the fall, transfer and play soccer at uh, another school in the winter, and then transfer and do tennis or track or baseball at a different school in the spring. And we've seen it happen, you know, every year since our state legislature uh, made it law. You know, I don't think there's a single AD in the state of Florida that's in favor of it, but there's nothing we can do or our state association. Because once again, if you're listening to this and you're in another state, Florida's state legislatures uh, passed this as law uh, a number of years ago. So uh, you're right. It's out of control. And, oh, hey, let's throw NIL in there, too. Yeah. Right, right. Well, Christy, this has been great catching up with you. Uh, again, for our listeners, we connected, uh, got to spend some time together at the uh, National Conference uh, in Orlando. Um, but we're not done yet. We always wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Now, you certainly shared with our listeners, you have a tremendous background in the world of athletics, but we're going to take our final break. When we come back, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new high school athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three items in their toolbox. So let's hear from athletic surveys who sponsored this particular segment. When we come back, we're going to find out what Christy Belden is going to put in her new athletic director toolbox. Please stay with us. We want to thank Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the AD Toolbox segment of the podcast. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your student athletes or your parents or your coaches, you're really missing out. Um, athletic directors already hear back from the complainers, the people that want to gripe about everything. Athletic Surveys will connect you to that small group, but they'll also connect you to the 98% of your constituents that love and support your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a frustrated parent or maybe your principal or even your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey that will let you take the pulse of your student athletes, your parents, and your coaches. That's athleticsurveys.com. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've been meeting today with Christy Belden, the Associate Athletic Director for Bishop Moore School right here in Orlando, Florida. Tremendous athletic background, both at the college and the high school level. But right now I'm going to challenge her to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let her put three things in the toolbox. So Christy, what three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? I think forward thinking, proactive, you've got to be able to see the forest through the trees and what's coming down the pike. So number one, um, number two, um, you've got to be a, a people person. You've got to be able to, you know, work with all different personalities, um, and be able to kind of take out, you know, what are we really talking about here and take all the emotion and drama and everything else away from it. Um, and then number three is probably a toss up tie between, um, thick skin and not taking things personal and keeping a sense of humor. Um, I think both are, are essential. You, you can't take yourself too seriously, but ultimately the perspective is that none of us would have a job if it wasn't for the kids. So the kids have to be number one and we've got to realize that this is not about us that we are, you know, the servant leaders and our job is to, to, to help these kiddos um, and prepare them for life beyond our school, bottom line. 
but you probably saw me writing those down. Just great ideas. Uh, I, the, and all of them are great. The thick skin sense of humor, both of those go in the same category because I mean, too many times, uh, you know, somebody, you know, that parent is, is venting and, um, the thick skin. So you're not taking it personally, but at the same time inside our heads, we're just kind of chuckling to ourselves going seriously, you know, this is what you're sharing. Very cool stuff. Um, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. And one more time, one of our listeners wanted to reach out and connect. What's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Um, and as I said earlier, the easiest way and quickest way to get a response um, is to just email me. Um, and uh, my email is Belden, B-E-L-D-E-N-K at bishopmore.org. Christy Belden, thanks so much for sharing with our listeners today and all the best as we move into 2024. Thank you. Happy New Year. For listeners, uh, we appreciate you and want to remind you that we upload the Zoom recordings of these interviews to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, we do this just about every day with new content. So come back for the next episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time.